0: I had a lot of clients in the beginning where I just dreaded the work I was doing for them. And I was working long and I was working hard and I wasn't making a lot of money. Now that I believe in myself, I believe in the value that I bring to people, I can say my price is this and stand firm in it
1: starting a business takes a real leap of faith. I don't think anyone starts a business expecting to feel fully confident in what they're doing. So we end up being fairly prepared to feel unsure and a bit anxious at the beginning. And as the saying goes, you feel the fear and you do it anyway. Now, throughout this series on confidence, I've wanted to look beyond getting started and look at what happens when our confidence falters long after that predictable startup period. What happens when a new opportunity, a new goal, or a new idea causes our insecurity to come flooding back? How do we deal with it, find new confidence, and move forward? You're listening to What Works, the show that brings you candid conversations about what's really working to run and grow a small business today without the hype or gimmicks. I'm your host, Tara McMullen. Today, my guest is Victoria R. Clark, the founder and managing attorney of Clark Law in Washington, D.C. When Victoria got in touch with me, she told me that it wasn't just getting started that required a new level of confidence. She had to find a new level of confidence every time she wanted to show up and level up. She told me that anything from introducing herself at a networking event to pricing her services to adding new areas of her practice required her to dig deep. And here's the thing, talking to Victoria, you'd never know her confidence wavers. She's self-assured. She's present. She's willing to put herself out there and show up for herself in intimidating spaces. Now, like Katie Linder and I talked about, though, there's always that tricky balance between the confident public persona and lingering hidden self-doubt. So I wanted to hear how Victoria has dealt with it and is dealing with it today. And I think Victoria's story might just sound pretty familiar to your own. Victoria and I talk about why she decided to start her own law practice in the first place, how she became more confident talking about herself, and how she took a new approach to what she can control on a daily basis. We also chat about how aspects of her business have evolved as she's gotten more confident in what she's doing. This candid conversation with Victoria is part of a whole series we're doing here at What Works on Confidence. We want to shed light on how small business owners continue to find confidence long after they've taken the leap to get started. You've already heard stories about raising your prices, landing huge clients, and changing up your habits, and there are more coming. When we're not posting new conversations here on the podcast, we're sharing personal essays and reflections from What Works network members on how they find the confidence to take the next step. To get the full series delivered to your inbox and check out what we've already released, go to explorewhatworks.com slash confidence. That's explorewhatworks.com slash confidence. Now let's find out what works for Victoria Clark. Victoria Clark, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. All right, let's start back at the very beginning with this one. Tell me about the day that you decided to start your own
0: law firm. Okay. So the day I decided to start my own law firm, I did not know I was going to decide to start my own law firm when I woke (laughs) up that morning. Um, It actually came from a conversation I was having with my father. So he was telling me about how he had just come back from vacation. I think he went to Florida or something. And I was like, oh, I wish I could just take two weeks off and go on vacation. And he was like, oh, well, you know, when you're retire like me and you've done all these things, well then you can go and take vacation when you want. And I was like, Dad, that sounds absolutely ridiculous that I would have to wait till I'm fifty five years old and my father was in the military for twenty four years. I was like, you gave twenty four years of your life to this career and all of a sudden now you can vacation when you want. I said that sounds absolutely ridiculous. I hope I make it to 55, but what if I don't? I said, I want to live the life I want to live right now. Um, I had also just um, interviewed for a position with a large bank, and I had talked to a mentor. We had gone through the salary that I should be asking for, and when I talked to the HR office, their starting salary for that position was exactly half of what I (gasps) wanted. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> and so I had already, like, had a little bit of built-up frustration. And so from that conversation with my father, I was on the phone with him. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own practice. I'm going to do the work I want. I'm going to work when I want. I'm going to vacation when I want. And I'm going to make the money that I want to. And he was like, well, okay then. And so from there, um, I started my own practice. <laughs>
1: And how long from that conversation to actually opening up your firm? How long was that process?
0: Oh, it was about a week. I'm one of those people like when I want to do something, I do it. So really, all I had to do was um, fill out the forms to get my PLLC started. And there you go. There was a law firm.
1: That is incredible. I love that. (laughs) Okay. So you said, you know, you want to be able to earn what you want to earn, take time off when you want to take time off, uh, work the way you want to live the life that you want right now, which is awesome. And, um, you know, I know that there's a little bit, you know, there's more logistically involved (laughs) to running a business and running your own law firm. What did you think running your own law firm was going to be like when you got started with it? And how, how is that? How is it the same or different than what you expected?
0: So I thought it was going to be. I say I'm. I have my own practice. Clients were going to come to me. I would go to court and be fabulous. You know, go to happy hour after that and just live a wonderful life. I thought it was going to be the same level of comfort as it was when I was working for someone else, and it could be far. Couldn't be farther from the truth, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: certainly running my own practice, and I, I would say this pretty much for anybody running their own business, it has taught me more about myself in the year or so that I've been doing it than I had learned in a long time. It really exposes you to yourself. Like, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And you don't get to just think about your weaknesses and say, oh, I'll work on them or I'll work around them. Like, you really have to push through your weaknesses. For me, one of my we- weaknesses was um, introducing myself to people and telling people about myself in a way that would make them want to hire me. Um, I'm and I've heard it about myself a long time that I really don't like promoting myself. I don't really like those people who are always boasting about how great they are. Well, you know what? In this business, like my firm is me. So people have to think I'm great or they're not going to hire me. And if they don't hire me, I don't make any money. Yeah, exactly.
1: I love how you put that running your own business exposes you to yourself. I mean, I've heard people say similar things in the past, but I've never heard it put quite that way and I absolutely love that and that is absolutely my experience as well. I really love that phrase. I will be quoting you, I think, here in the near future on that. Um and I also love that you talked about kind of rec- having to recognize where your weaknesses were and actually confronting those weaknesses. Um, And hopefully we can talk a little bit more about that. But I want to look on kind of a a weakness adjacent piece, which is your fears. Um, Because when we kind of initially talked about this interview, you had you talked about how at every level or at every opportunity you've had to kind of level up through this process, there have been fears and there have been opportunities where you needed to level up your confidence as well. So in the beginning, what kind of fears did you have to contend with?
0: In the beginning, I definitely had the fear of oh, people are going to think that now is not the right time for Victoria to have her own practice. Like I'm only I'm, I'm I'm coming up on 5 years out of law school. So, maybe she's too young or maybe she's only starting her own practice because she can't get a job anywhere else. Um and so I was really scared in the beginning to even put out publicly, like even share on Facebook, that I had started this practice, which is, you know, really could be the death of a practice because if no one knows you, they can't hire you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. absolutely. But I think a lot of listeners can absolutely relate to that same thing. It's like the fear of marketing yourself is Only compounded by the fear of then not getting any business because you're not marketing yourself, right? Um, Okay, so you mentioned that one of the fears that you had was people worrying or people thinking that you couldn't get a job or that you weren't good enough for the other firms. And you also had mentioned to me that perception is huge in the field of law, that if you're not a partner at a top firm or if you're not working um, at a hotshot government agency or working as a counsel to a hotshot company, that people think you're not succeeded, succeeding. And maybe you even believe that story to a degree. So what did you do to create a new story or more positive self-talk uh, for yourself so that you could really embrace the opportunity in starting your own firm?
0: So what I did was really not intentional. Um, I started thinking about how I was actually feeling about myself, right? So I had a job before where I was waking up every morning, um, not dreading the work, but I wasn't jumping out of bed in the morning excited, right? And I would come home at the end of the day, kind of um, down, worn out, weary, right? And after I started my own practice, I was waking up in the morning excited about my day, right? I was looking forward to things I had to do. I would look at my calendar and be like, wonderful. Um, I would think about aspects of my work and just jump for joy, right? So I really just started started focusing on how I was feeling instead of focusing on other people's perceptions. So I I thought about it and I was like, you know, I can't control what anyone else thinks about what it is I'm doing, right? But what I can control is what they see about me and what they know about me. Um, I think in owning the business, storytelling is super important. I mean, you definitely have to share your story, both uh, where you've been and what you're doing now. And so in sharing my story, I share the great things about what I'm doing as well as the challenges Um, I share kind of um, the wonderful things I do in my job right now, like the speaking I get to do, the traveling I get to do, which are things that I couldn't do when I was working for someone else. And so when I'm sharing this stuff, I can't really control what people are thinking about what I'm doing. But what I can control is that they see that I'm living my best life. And in many careers, people aren't always seeing it as them living their best life, even if they're working for some type of prestigious organization. Um, And so I think what's most important uh, is that people see that I'm happy. um, And so they can't really, deny me credit for that. I was able to create the life I wanted um, at 28 years old. And um, really, if anyone has anything to say about that, you know, it's just not my concern.
1: Yeah, that's a reflection on them, not on you, right? It's such a great reframe. I love how you, I I just, I love it. And I'm going to be thinking about that, I think, for quite a while (laughs) as I, as I, you know, consider my own confidence and my own, um, you know, just opportunities to level up. I think what you just shared is huge, really, really huge. Um, All right. So you already mentioned that one of your quote unquote weaknesses has been self-promotion, talking about yourself, boasting about yourself. Um, And I'm curious how, as your level of confidence has improved um, as you've been in business for yourself, how has the way you talk about yourself and market and promote your firm changed um, as you've gained this newfound confidence?
0: So, it's definitely changed in the best way possible, right? And that has been in how I price my services. And I think people would um, kind of understand where I'm coming from here in the be- beginning. When I was doubting myself, I did not price my services the way I should have. I was definitely pricing my services based on what I thought people would value my services at, um, which is the wrong way to. Um, price a service-based business. I think I sh- what I should have been um, pr- pricing my services at is what they are actually worth, um, based on my skills and experience. Um, I had a lot of clients in the beginning where I just dreaded um, the work the work I was doing for them. Um, And I was working long and I was working hard and I wasn't making a lot of money.
1: You'll hear what happened when Victoria discovered she needed to increase her prices and how she found the confidence to do it. But first, a word from our What Works partner. What Works is brought to you by Mighty Networks. Want to know the secret to creating more impact with your business while working less? Connect the people you care about to each other. Bringing people together is the magic ingredient in every success story in the digital age. Think about it. If you create connections between your followers and offer value through those interactions, your brand gets more useful with each new person who connects. When you bring people together, you're creating something much bigger than yourself, your podcast, your YouTube channel, or your Instagram feed. Today's savviest influencers, podcasters, content creators, educators, and entertainers are focusing on how they can connect their fans and followers to each other, not just build an audience. And that's where Mighty Networks comes in. Mighty Networks gives you the power to connect the people you care about most, your followers, fans, and customers, and it acts as the central hub of your business operations, bringing your content, courses, relationships, messaging, events, and even payment processing together in one platform. We use Mighty Networks to power the What Works Network. We've seen firsthand just how much more value we can create by helping small business owners connect, build relationships, trade notes, and deep dive on their most pressing business challenges. And Mighty Networks has drastically streamlined our workflows too. Ready to connect your followers and create a lasting impact? It's time to get started with Mighty Networks. Get started free of charge by going to mightynetworks.com. That's mightynetworks.com. What Works is also brought to you by the What Works Network. Are you craving more grown-up talk about running a small business? The What Works Network is where small business owners like you talk shop without the drama, hype, or get-rich-quick promises. The network is full of the people you hear from on the podcast, including Katie Linder, Abby Herman, Amy Scott, Michael Karsh, Ellie Trier, Rachel K. Albers, and more. Our members talk about challenging customer scenarios, how to manage their money around big investments, the mindset blocks they know they need to overcome to grow their businesses, and the challenges of a quickly changing market. This month, the network has been full of honest and rich conversations about confidence and how our confidence, or lack thereof, impacts us as business owners. As a member of the What Works Network, not only do you get access to our private dedicated conversation space for talking about both big challenges and everyday nitty-gritty details, you get our monthly flash mastermind meetings so you can get real-time feedback from members. You get our monthly community roundtable discussions so you can deep dive on the month's theme. You get our monthly What Works Insider hours where I answer your questions and talk about behind the scenes details. And you get our quarterly virtual conferences where we spend the day together and go in depth on things like building your audience, scaling your business, managing your money or setting your goals. We'll be accepting new members soon. To be the first to hear when we open the doors, go to explorewhatworks.com/network and sign up to be notified. That's explorewhatworks.com slash network.
0: Now that I believe in myself, I believe in the value that I bring to people. I can say my price is this and stand firm in it. I have definitely lost um, some prospective clients, uh, but I've gained an even better quality of life Um, I actually had a few weeks ago, a prospective client come to me and they were sent to me through a referral service where they got a a slight discount of um, pricing and I gave them my price and they told me that they would only be willing to pay about 60% of that and that they wanted to be on a payment plan. Um, Maybe a year ago, I would have been like, okay, um, because I was thinking, oh, that's still good money. Um, maybe I could work that out. But the more I thought about it was, no, she was already getting a discount and the value I would provide significantly outweighed what she was willing to pay. So I actually turned down uh, that client. Uh, I said, no, I'm sorry. You know, I hope you find the attorney for you, but I'm not it. Um, and a few weeks later, she came back to me and said, okay, I'll, I'm willing to pay what you quoted and I'm, I'm willing to pay you in the way that you asked me to. Um, so when you value yourself, you're going to force other people to value you. Um, and that was the the biggest lesson I learned and uh, definitely took me to another level with my business.
1: That is huge. And it sounds like not only not only was it a good, you know, firm boundary for you and a great way to kind of exercise your own self-confidence. But in doing that, it sounds like you told a really amazing story about what you're worth about the value of valuing yourself um, and valuing your work. And it sounds like that client really, in the end, responded to that, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I'd actually like to take a couple of steps back and ask you about how you decided to change your pricing um, when you did decide to change it. Uh, was it, did you kind of rip the band aid off? Was it incremental? And in that process, how did you? How did that make you feel kind of leveling up your pricing that way?
0: Um, So I I will say I just ripped the bandaid off. I decided I was charging too little and overnight I changed my prices. And it was certainly even turning down that um, prospective client it was not an easy thing. Like I, I typed the email out, but I sat on it for a little bit before I hit send, right? Um, even I'm so glad I did, but it's a, it's a scary thing. It was very scary to me. Um, and since I've changed my prices, I've turned down way more clients, um, prospective clients than I did in the past, even friends. Um, but I think it was for the best. And uh, one of the kind of catalysts for that was that, I just wasn't making enough money to reflect the hours that I was putting in. Um, And I had to acknowledge that um, it was the pricing and to kind of get myself to the next level, I had to kind of step up to the next level of confidence. I kind of realized that every time I've hit a wall or some type of challenge in my practice, it's really been tied back to confidence. Like owning a business exposes you and it kind of, pushes you um, to another level.
1: So you mentioned that you you felt like you weren't making enough money based on the number of hours that you were working. And I think that that question almost in and of itself is a question of confidence because I think for a lot of people, they almost see that as like punishment or they see like, well, this is what I deserve. Like if this is I'm not good enough to make more than this. This is how much I have to work to make this amount of money. And there is a big mental leap that has to happen between forcing yourself to work really long hours for mediocre pay and saying, no, I deserve something more. So I'm wondering if you could kind of give voice to that sort of debate or transition or evolution in your head. Um, how did you make the, the that jump? To actually recognize and be okay with saying, "I deserve more. I can have more. I'm going. This is what I'm going to get for myself."
0: So some of the pressure was external. Uh, so I don't think I mentioned that when I decided to start my own law practice, I was not doing anything else. So I was doing this law practice full time. Um, so this was my only source of real income. Um, So the money I was making from this law practice is the money that was funding my life. So if I had to, when I identify a change that needs to be made in my business, especially if it pertains to money, like I have no choice but to go ahead and make it. Because at that time, I wasn't making enough money from my law practice to pay my bills. And if I wanted to pay my bills, I needed to identify what the issue in my law practice was and solve it. So there was no like waiting period or how am I going to do this? This was a, here's the problem, Victoria, you need to go ahead and solve it.
1: Perfect. I love that. Let's change gears a little bit because just kind of looking through your website and seeing what you're all about, it looks like you are super involved in your community and in your professional network. And I know that that is a huge piece of kind of finding business as a lawyer and um, just you know be- just getting more involved with the people that that you're serving and the communities in which you're serving. How has being involved in the community and in your professional network impacted your confidence?
0: So I don't think that I could have put myself in the position to start my own law practice. I don't think I could be doing what I'm doing right now if I had not been so involved in the community. Um, I think most significantly, I'm president of my local Urban League chapter. And that is kind of like running a business in itself. You're running a team. You're doing administrative tasks. You're managing a budget. You're out there talking to the community, um, promoting the organization. Uh, I'm the face of the organization. So any type of media inquiries, um, interviews, panels, all of that I have to do. And it taught me the skills I needed to be a solo law practitioner. Um, I think it also builds a network for you, uh, which is one of the best things about it. People know me. um, And people know me because I'm in all of these organizations putting in work, um, volunteering, helping out. Um, So, And also, it's um, been a good source of referrals. People might not Um, be able to give me business, but they've been able to tell people about me from the perspective of the community organizations I'm in and say also, oh, and she's an attorney. So if you have any issues, definitely give her a call. And when people see you put in the work of um, the community, setting up events, uh, running um, programs, then they kind of just already start to trust you a little bit more.
1: That's awesome, and it sounds like your experience with these organizations, and specifically with the Urban League, it's it's like it's almost like um, a, a training program. It's like it's a practice. Uh, a practice game (laughs) that you're in where there's a container of, you know, the history of these organizations and the infrastructure that already exists in those organizations. And yeah, you got to do a lot of work and you need to have, you need to be a self-starter and you need to show up. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of safety there, which I think is a phenomenal way of kind of building that confidence muscle up, if that makes sense.
0: Right. And so like, um, I'll give you an example. Like today, I, I received, this week, I received an invitation from Elizabeth Warren's campaign um, to come to a meet and greet with her because of my role in the Urban League. Well, of course, I'm going to talk about Urban League type issues, but also that's a great time to be networking uh, with her and um, other people who are going to be there um, and share with them the information about my law practice.
1: Well, that is just so cool. And I'm very jealous. (laughs) That sounds awesome. Um, So this sounds like this has been quite a journey for you. And I love the kind of self-reflection and inquiry that you've shared with us already in this conversation. And I also know that despite as much personal work as we might do, and as many times as we might level up our confidence, there's always a little bit more uh, to be done right? So I'm curious where you find yourself still kind of bumping up against a lack of confidence or bumping up against fear um, and how you're working through that today.
0: So um, actually, I experienced another challenge recently. So I went to a Chamber of Commerce mixer um, and I am not very involved in the Chamber of Commerce community. Um, And those people there I found were much older, much more established. And I definitely was intimidated. Um, and I found myself um, kind of fearful and not really um, walking up to people, introducing myself like I do in other spaces. Um, so next time I go to one of those events, I'm definitely going to have to prepare a little bit more mentally, um, as well as bring a friend with me because, Uh, I found that my friends have been one of my biggest assets in my business um, and they will definitely hype me up. Like there is no better lawyer in the world to some of my friends than Victoria Clark. And (laughs) and so bringing them around um, with me um, definitely forces me to um, be more confident, even if for the few minutes I need to um, execute what it is I'm trying to do.
1: That's awesome. We actually did an interview with a woman named Maya Sharfi who talked about the wing woman effect, which is basically, it, you, it, you're describing it perfectly having that high person there, having someone you can rely on, someone you can trust. Um, I love it. Such a great, such a great example. I would love to know as we start to kind of wrap things up here, how your vision for your law practice has evolved, um, not just from your time in business, but also. Sort of as a reflection of your confidence increasing over the years.
0: Um, so at the beginning, my firm was definitely like, I'm just gonna do my own thing, work on my, work on my own, have this little self sustaining law practice, um, give me the freedom that I want, and it's just gonna be regular, right? Um, but as my confidence has built, I've definitely taken the perspective of, I just shouldn't be building. Just a solo law practice, I want to build something for um, future generations and for the community as well. And what that means is, I want to hire people. I want to bring in other attorneys. I want to bring in legal assistants and paralegals to build something for other people. I've taken kind of the skills that I learned and definitely the confidence that I've gained in other organizations, and I said, hey, I can do this. I can build something great in my law practice as well. And now that I've um, had a little bit of success um, and and seen the value in myself and feel a little bit better about this whole endeavor, um, I really think I can uh, do great things. And I definitely don't see a limit to what I can do now.
1: I love that evolution. What are some of the things that you're doing today to start moving in that direction?
0: Definitely budgeting a little bit more. Um, Definitely building that foundation to make sure I'm organized so that I can bring someone in. Because you definitely can't bring someone into a mess. Um, And so I want to make sure that once I'm ready to bring someone in, they can just jump in, see the system, and go. I'm also doing a lot more public things um, because... What I found is when I do something like a speaking appearance, it might not translate into a new client immediately, but in six months to a year, it, it'll generate some business. Um, so laying the foundation so that uh, when I have a new uh, employee within the next year, there's going to be enough business to sustain them and pay their salary.
1: Perfect. Awesome. Uh, I kind of ask everyone at the end of every episode what they're excited about or a pro- about a project they're working on right now. So so what's exciting you?
0: Um, So I am excited because I recently added a new practice area to my business. Um, I've kind of solidified myself on criminal defense and business law, which I had been doing. Um, and then I decided to add crisis management which I see as kind of an intersection of some of the favorite things I have about business law and criminal defense. Um, and definitely to establish myself as kind of an expert in that area, I am taking on speaking engagements in for that area, right? And so I'll be speaking at um, the Women's uh, Empowerment Summit in um Tysons, Virginia this summer. Um, And that'll be an excellent opportunity to really share with the world what I know about crisis management and how I can be helpful. So I'm super excited about that.
1: Well, that sounds super exciting. Victoria Clark, thank you so much for sharing your story and your journey um, to greater confidence with us.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Find out more about Victoria R. Clark at VictoriaRClark.com. Now it's your turn to get candid about confidence. We're hosting an ongoing conversation about confidence on our Instagram handle at explore what works. Find today's post about Victoria's story and tell us how your confidence as a business owner today compares to when you were first getting started. I'd love to know how things have evolved or haven't for you over the years. Or you can tell us your story in your own Instagram feed or story using the hashtag #CandidConfidence. Our next Candid Confidence conversation is with editor Jodi Brandon. Jodi shares how her confidence took a big hit when she returned to her business after considerable time away caring for her dying mother. This episode was produced and edited by Sean McMullen. Our theme music is by The Shrugs. Find more candid conversations and personal reflections about navigating insecurity and finding the confidence to take the next step at explorewhatworks.com confidence.